all things Montessori community. Happy Wednesday. Yes, I realize it is not Tuesday. I am so sorry I didn't get the episode out yesterday. I had, I legitimately had computer issues. The editing software that I use was not working and I had to do an update and uh, it was just not my day. So I'm so sorry and I really appreciate everybody being so, so patient. Before I get to today's episode, I just want to give a shout out to our newest patron. Thanks, Maria, for coming on as a patron of all things Montessori. We are so happy that you are here. If you are interested in becoming a patron of all things Montessori, you can click on the link below in the episode description and go to our Patreon page. There are different levels of what you can pledge to all things Montessori. All the funds that we get just go towards making the podcast possible. There's a lot that goes into it, and we really appreciate all the support, and you can get really fun bonus content. There's some merchandise, fun things like that that come with being a patron of all things Montessori, so click below if you're interested. This episode is brought to you by Sapling Supply. They were just at the AMS Virtual Montessori event. Sapling Supply makes simple, elegant furniture for all your child's educational needs. Handmade in the U.S., each piece arrives at your door ready to use, no assembly required. If you want to find out more, you can check out their website at www.sapling-supply.net. And... If you'd like to receive 10% off your entire order, you can use our promo code ATM10. So this week's episode, oh, it is such a favorite of mine and of Jamie's. We talk all about cooking with children, everything that goes into it. You know, cooking with children is something, I think it's unique to Montessori, but I don't think it only exists there. I was not a Montessori child and I was always in the kitchen with my mom even though I do talk about how I learned to cook much later in life because I became a stubborn teenager, as we all do. It is, there's something beautiful about involving your child in cooking. And there's so many amazing life skills, math skills, language skills, time management skills that come from cooking with children. So we talk all about how to do it in the classroom, what supplies you might need, everything. And we talk about our own experiences and our, our really our love of, of cooking with children. So enjoy. pretty well. The weather is beautiful around here these days. How about you? Oh, it's, you know, it's good. I mean, I don't know if the weather is necessarily beautiful where I am. It's really cold and really windy. Um, but other than that, it's it's good. I feel like we're getting glimpses of spring, which feels very nice, very hopeful, like something new is on the horizon, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's coming, and the days are getting longer, mm -hmm. which is super nice. And yeah, yeah, I tell you, I mean, I just think that, like, you know, the time that we're living in right now is hard for a lot of reasons. Um, But winter was really tough. Uh, You know, getting dark earlier, couldn't do socially distant anything outside. You know, feel weird about going inside. There's just, it was tough. So I'm looking forward to warmer weather where. At least we can go outside, you know, a little bit more for walks and, and things like that. Totally. So. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So today we wanted to talk about something super fun that we both love in our own lives and also really incorporated into the classroom. Uh, we want to talk all about cooking with children. Yes, we're really going to talk about cooking 
not cooking children, cooking with children. <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of um, a lot of people. I mean, this is just an assumption that I'm making, um, but it's something I've heard. Um, you know, well, children are just going to make it a mess in the kitchen, or I I can't really get anything done if if they help. And yeah, that's probably really true. <laughs> it will take longer and it will be a mess, but I think there are amazing life skills to be gained and amazing experiences to be had when you involve children with cooking. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful experience on so many different levels and um it's a and it's a really important uh skill I think for the children. So cooking is a should be a vital part of the classroom, but also children's experience at home. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about preparing a meal and like setting the table, like the whole thing, right? Like the ingredients you need to get, the recipe, perhaps you need to go to the grocery store. What supplies do you need to make the meal? How many people are you serving? There's so many things that go into it. And that is incredible for for their critical thinking skills. And not to mention, there's something really satisfying about about creating a meal and and doing, you know, and and then serving it to someone. There's something really beautiful about that. Yeah, it absolutely. And I think also too with children and with the work, you know, getting them to develop skills of cooking and baking. Like it doesn't even have to be a whole meal, right? It can be one right. one dish or one um one sort of uh dessert or whatever. So anything that can get them mm-hmm. doing it. And not only do they think not only the process of like gathering supplies and going through in the cooking, but also there's so many directions you can go in exploration with the children beyond that. You can have them Mm -hmm. start to learn and understand the um, economics of food in the area where they live. Like, how does the food get here? Who grows it? Where did it come from? What systems are in place to get that food to you? Um, Or you can get them to have a better understanding of local uh, local farms and agriculture, or they could explore how our bodies use the food that we take in. And there can be all sorts of science and nutrition studies that can emerge. So there's so many ways that, um, so many directions this can go beyond the, just the, um, the food preparation itself. So it's really a, it just launches so many, so many possibilities. I know. And like, I mean, they're going to love it because they get to eat food probably at the end of it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, you have their attention if, if you know, if you're going to cook together. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, providing this opportunity in the classroom. And I, I'm wondering, Jamie, what you think about um, just the essentials um, materials wise to have in the classroom to be able to cook with children. Because I don't, th- I mean, you don't need a full kitchen. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I think it's impractical to think that you need a full kitchen for this. That would be great, but I, I think it's doable with other, with other aspects. Would you agree? Oh yeah. I mean, there's any number of things you can do. I mean, every school has to look at what, you know, it's local regulations and stuff are that to make Mm -hmm. sure that you're meeting your, those regulations and, and standards and especially like Right now, I know that, you know, it's probably not something that most schools are going to be doing because of COVID. Right. Um, Of course. But so making sure that. But when when 
when it's possible again, I mean, there's plenty of like no bake or no cooking food preparation that mm-hmm. children can do. But there's also it's easy to get like a little um, toaster oven in the classroom to do some baking with and uh, and uh, some hot plates to to cook on. So, you know, like a like a little burner to mm-hmm. cook on. So you don't have to necessarily have um the full a full range or a full kitchen oh yeah definitely i mean a hot pad does amazing things i mean you could make soup on it it's incredible and toaster ovens as well like i mean it's just it's it's so doable and then if you just have you know some essential kitchen supplies so some measuring spoons measuring cups um things like that um and you know and have them in a place in the classroom that you know it just like any other material you're going to keep them you know in the specific place it's cuz you know if you think about it and the way it was in my classroom and I know for you Jamie I mean it it can be either a community thing that you're doing together or it can be a work that the child is doing that day um, yeah you yep. know and i one thing i would highly recommend is make sure that the children know and that you store these things separate from your science materials. Oh, yes. (laughs) So don't be using the same measuring cups and spoons for science that you use for cooking, even though most of the science stuff we do is all, you know, safe. And, you know, if they ate it, it Mm -hmm. wouldn't kill them. Right. But we want to start, you know, (laughs) we would like to establish good um, science practices and so that one would be you know we're not we're gonna make sure that we don't um, (laughs) cook with our science materials yeah that's a great point Jamie I'm so glad you I'm so glad you reminded us of all of that I think you know as you're getting started with cooking with children or or if you're thinking about it I um one thing to keep in mind is just simple at first you know you don't need to you know look at something really complicated and complex. Mm -mm. No, I mean, soup is a great starting point. And even if soup is too complicated, uh, any kind of dips, like my students in my class really liked making guacamole. It was so fun. And we actually had a mortar and pestle um, that they used to mix it, which was pretty cool. Um, But you can make like pestos, you can make bruschetta with tomatoes, you can make fresh salsa, um, any of those sorts of things that are just cutting vegetables and putting them together that that's a great starting point too and then of course there's um the baking of bread which you know a lot of primary classrooms have but they can continue to do that um in elementary i remember when i had some six-year-olds coming into my class they were just asking me so much if they could make bread and for some reason i thought i don't know like was that a primary thing like i don't know if they can make bread and i kind of had to think about it for a second um but then I I let them make bread. <laughs> it was fine. But I just had to I had to stop and think for a second. I don't know why I had that hesitation. Um, but they they missed it from their primary and they they brought it into elementary. And what I found is they researched different loaves to make. They got really into braiding the dough and different types of dough. So it became more complex because they were, you know, in the second plane. So they were thinking in those ways. So So yeah. you did did tell me about the kind of breads you guys did. So they um, they tried to do different flours. So we you know we had a standard white flour, and then we would do whole wheat. And then um, I actually don't eat gluten, so they would um, we 
we had to, well, it didn't really work out, to be honest. Gluten-free baking is, that's a whole different podcast, and I don't even want to get into it. Um, But we tried that once. It didn't really work very well. But then they would do infused doughs, so putting herbs in doughs or fruits in some of the bread dough. And then they really got into the, um, just the design. Uh, One of my favorite things they ever did. Um, Elementary children, you know, they're fascinated by animals and all sorts of things. Um, And I had a group that was really obsessed with trilobites, which is a prehistoric creature. I don't think this is uncommon for elementary children to be into these amazing creatures that used to rule the planet. But um, yeah, they made bread shaped like trilobites. (laughs) And it was awesome. That's hilarious. I love it. I know. It was it was amazing. Yeah. So it really just sort of when I was hesitant about it, you know, just thinking, I don't know if this is appropriate for elementary, which I don't know why I thought that. But um, then they really took it and and really put an elementary lens on it, you know, because they went on all these different directions. So. Yeah. And it's easy to do. I mean, like it's you can do yeast breads that require, you know, a little more. Well, everything has to rise and all of that. But also Mm -hmm. just some quick breads, too, can work really well. And the nice thing about quick breads, especially if you're using a toaster oven, um, they it's even more efficient to just put them like in muffin in muffin tins and it'll Mm. it'll cook. Mm-hmm. they'll cook pretty quickly and effectively in a little in a little toaster oven or convection oven. Um so so those are great resources. I mean, you know, we, cooking was a part of the culture of my classroom quite strongly or by the school where I worked. So there was quite regularly cooking or baking going on in all the classrooms mm-hmm. elementary and primary. And um and it was always an option, not just for preparing a snack or a meal, but also as a sort of just as a work, as a as a follow up yeah. for different lessons. So cooking often happened around the study of different cultures. If the children could cook a traditional dish from that culture or that or that, um, you know, some something from, you know, a historical dish, they really um, they really loved to have that be part of their work as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's a re- that's that's such a great outlet and a, just an extension of of their other work, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. I can re- I can see how that would just really capture their attention. Yeah, so that's fun. Awesome. So much fun. And it can get them like interested in um you know, if, in learning more about what they're learning because if the idea is that they get to <laughs> cook and eat some food around it that's (laughs) super exciting so um yep but I think you know you talked about like preparing the environment the classroom for cooking and I think yeah Mm -hmm. making sure you've got space where the supplies are stored and not just the utensils that you need um but also the you know the sort of basics of what you want to have hand all the on hand all the time like flour sugar mm-hmm. yeast you know like things like that that are available um yeah as if the children are doing a lot of baking or whatever um mm-hmm. and then there's just a whole slew of presentations to prepare um so that children can be successful in the work you know so just like we orient them to the checkerboard and then we start with a um with naming, um, 
you know, getting them to be able to read numbers on the checkerboard and understand the value. Like we have all these series of little steps to help them become ready to just use the checkerboard for long multiplication. The same is true mm-hmm. for cooking or baking. There's a series of sort of preliminary um, lessons and experiences we need to give them so that they can be successful because we can't assume that they know anything. I'll never forget my first no second, maybe second or third year of teaching. Um, and I always did a camping trip with the children every year. And on the camping trip, all the, you know, the children on, di- they have different um, small groups of children that are responsible for cooking every meal. So everybody gets to cook a meal uh, when we're away on the trip. And mm-hmm. the morning, one morning we were, we'd cleaned up breakfast and the, the lunch committee was getting lunches ready because we were going to be gone all day and we had to pack some sack lunches. So they were making sandwiches. And this one little guy, um, this one little six-year-old, maybe he was seven by then. It was the end of the year. And I just hadn't known, you know, he was, he's trying to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and he's holding the knife in his fist and Mm. he's digging it into the peanut butter, making a big mess and then just destroying the bread while he... (laughs) (laughs) tries to spread it and I just I felt so bad for him and I felt like I was like oh my gosh I haven't given him I haven't helped him develop the skills he needs to be able to do this successfully like that was a Mm -hmm. big oversight on my part like I I should have Mm -hmm. made sure he knew how to spread peanut butter on bread and he didn't I I assumed he didn't and that was we of course can't ever assume anything and and so I had I showed him (laughs) how to do that but that's the same kind of thing that has to happen in the classroom right that you can't assume that they've had these experiences even though they've I'm sure been around cooking and baking and things so you want to show them you want to show them how you fill a measuring cup you want to show with Mm -hmm. the dry ingredients you want to show them how you do it with a wet ingredient you want to show them uh, how to hold a knife. Uh, you want to show, yeah. you know, how to use a knife, how to use a knife for different types of materials. Um, what does it mean to whisk something? Um, I love that Shit's Creek episode <laughs> with, where they're cooking and she's... <laughs> oh my God, and fold she's in the like, cheese. what does fold mean? What on earth? <laughs> um, but like... <laughs> I know, right? Like that's that's like what so the children. You know, we can't assume they're going to know the language of cooking and baking. So, mm-hmm. so if you haven't done a lot of cooking and baking in the classroom and you're excited to try, I really encourage you to step back and really break it down. I mean, you don't want it to be boring for them, but you want to break it down into so that they can learn the skills. And you might do you might do more of it for them because they'll also learn from watching you. Um, you know, those yeah. mirror neurons that we have, uh, they do fire, you know, that's, that means that when we watch someone do something, that part of our brain that would be that would fire when we do it is firing. And so having them watch um, for the parts that they don't know how to do yet is, is really valuable and important. So um, I think I've seen teachers jump into cooking and baking with children without thinking through a lot of this, and then it can be, um, uh, maybe mildly frustrating um, at, at best. Yeah. And, and messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just something to sort of, um, just something to sort of uh, consider as you're thinking about doing it. And the parameters around it in the classroom too. You know, 
if I I never had a kitchen um, in the school, really in the schools I worked in. And so all the cooking took place in our classroom with hot plates and things like that. And so you just have to set some um, guidelines and parameters around that like you do for anything, like you do for the watercolors in your classroom, like you do, you know, anything that that is going to, you know, take up a little more space than, you know, the racks and tubes on a table or whatever. Yeah. And I also, you know, I think it's so important to show them these kitchen and life skills because I think a lot of people who I've known in my life, later in life, there can be a lot of insecurities around the kitchen because perhaps you didn't learn when you were younger or then you feel like you can't learn now because you're an adult and you're too old. So you just don't cook. You don't even, you don't even try. Um, and I think introducing that at a really young age, something as simple as this is what a tablespoon is, or this is how you fill a measuring cup, or this is how you drain something. This is how you whisk. I mean, I mean, they are very simplistic in nature, but it can make someone feel really small if they don't know that and they're an adult. So I think it's such a gift to show children when they're young, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, I've worked with a lot of adults over the last 12 years and I cook with all of them. And and Mm -hmm. there are plenty of adults who don't have these skills. So if you're one of those who don't have experience with uh, a lot of experience with cooking and you want to bring it to children, the fun is that you can learn alongside them. And there's great like video resources to support you. Oh, yeah. Um, in learning a lot of these skills, you know, you can find things that that are going to guide you through step by step um, yeah. how to do something. And, you know, cooking and baking is something truly that you really learn with experience and you get better mm-hmm. at, at knowing um, the details of it with the more that you do. Um, so absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's really trial and error because if it tastes bad or maybe something got burnt or something didn't turn out, then you're seeing the result right there. It's You do get better and better with time. And, and you, if you are new to it, what better way to learn than alongside children who are so forgiving mm-hmm. and are also learning it at the same time. So it's a really beautiful, beautiful experience. I myself did not learn how to cook until I was 21. Uh, my mom and my sister are, are amazing cooks, and I just was super intimidated growing up, and I love them so much, and they tried to teach me, but, you know, I guess I was stubborn. So I um, I was living at college over the summer, and I didn't have any money, so I had to learn how to cook, <laughs> you know, cheaper food, and that's how I learned to cook. But, um, yeah, it's it's intimidating, and there's a lot to learn, and I, um, I consider myself a good cook now, but it took I don't know, 10 years, you know, it, it takes a while, um, to really be at a place where you feel confident with it. So definitely it, it takes time. And I think it's great to have that perspective, um, because that's how the children feel because they're excited and it's food and it's fun, but also, you know, they are little humans that are, you know, trying to, you know, they're self-constructing. There's so much going on there, um, that it's going to be a, it'll give them a boost of confidence to have those skills. And yeah. then to present it to their friends or, you know, maybe you have parents in the classroom or you give a tray of biscuits to a neighboring classroom. It's just it's so beautiful. And one of my favorite things. It's so fun. And there's so many other skills that can be tied along with it. So like my younger daughter, I remember she was struggling to really get fractions for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um 
And she, but she loved to bake. So we just started doubling and having recipes all the time um, to be, <laughs> to like practice with the fractions. And I used that also with a, a friend of ours who's, um, who struggled with ratios, but loved to bake and baking's all about ratios. So you can, you know, sure. you can make um, various things uh, based on the ratios and, and there's chemistry involved and there's, I mean, there's just so many options for further uh, study or connections to other things that it's really valuable. And, and I think too, if you can build a culture of cooking in the classroom and then periodically have a classroom community meal, that also really mm -hmm. helps to build the community and helps children to really have this, you know, kind of this precious time of eating together. We live in a busy, busy world um, where, where sometimes people don't take the time to sit down and eat a meal together. And so um, doing that sometimes in the classroom is just a great way of building community and connection uh, amongst the children. And even with, you know, uh, you can do it with your, all your families too. We, I've, we cooked a Thanksgiving feast a few years um, in my classroom oh, nice. and had all the parents and siblings and everybody come. I remember we've crammed a hundred people in my classroom and we cooked a Thanksgiving meal mm. for a hundred people. Um, so fun. And the kids love it. Yeah. It's so fun to serve and to connect over, over food. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's been some of my favorite times with, you know, the parent community and the, and the, the children commute, the school, you know, the classroom community, it becomes like a ritual, a tradition, you know, it, be, it becomes that, you know, we talk about um, the legacy of your classroom or the lore of your classroom, like it just becomes like something that, you know, that is just a part of the bones of your of your community. And it's, it's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't sit down and have a conversation without the television on or like, you know, who knows what everything is crazy. You know, everybody's running around. So it's, it's truly a gift to do that. And I found that when, uh, when I would have parents come in the classroom for these meals, they were totally blown away by like, Oh, this is edible. Oh, this is really good actually. <laughs> or, you know, they were always just really, really pleased and, and loved that it was a part of the classroom. Yeah. Know? Yeah, it's a it's a great community builder builder beyond yeah even beyond just even beyond just the classroom, um, yeah. And so at home, it's a useful. I really have always encouraged parents with elementary children to really increase their responsibilities in, in the food preparation at home. So, um, uh, always, I mean, I always encourage parents to have their children um, make their own lunches or participate in making their own lunches. Uh, so that, you know, like my kids have been doing that since they were two and a half, but the, mm -hmm. but then, uh, and you, you know, you support them as you, as they grow, you know, um, in doing that, of but then, <laughs> but then in the, um, as far as in the elementary, like you can work up to giving them responsibility for cooking a meal, uh, yeah. every week for the family and also then even layering in the the budgeting and and grocery shopping responsibility we have you know thirty dollars for for meals this weekend or whatever you know you can have that be part of their experience as well and they get practice with um with understanding um how 
how to shop and and effectively get the food they need. Um, and the best thing to do is, you know, just be working alongside them so that they can learn from you and 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 learn those skills and then ultimately have the independence um, to be able to do uh, cooking all on their own. Um, so mm-hmm. it just it's it's it I don't know, it, it creates this sort of mentality of how can I help, you know, at home, like, how can I help with dinner? Or how can I what what can I do? Or what can I provide it? it you know, it creates that we're all in this together, you know, creating a meal together it doesn't fall on, you know, the mom or the dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and why don't you get the salad together? Making a salad is not complicated. It You know, you got to you have to cut things and you got to know what goes in a salad, like you shouldn't put like bananas and kale together, maybe, you know what I mean? There are definitely some stepping stones to get there, um, and it can start simply. But I, I love that idea of you know working up to you know your elementary age child at home creating a whole meal. Like that's that's so amazing. And and how great would that would that be? And um, I I have found that you know elementary children just really they like food preparation and cooking, and I think that's a real possibility. So you know it can start simply with I'll, I'll take this portion that's how it always was in my house like you know I'll make the salad dressing or I'll make the rice or you know segmenting different pieces or I'll set the table or I'll clean up you know just all be all pitching in for the same thing um, and that's that's family time I mean I know everybody is on like <laughs> we're, we're having a lot of family time this year <laughs> but <laughs> it's still an amazing thing to introduce into your home so. Yeah. And to just have it be part of the home, the home culture and yeah. helping them work up to because the biggest thing about preparing a meal that's really challenging is getting everything to come out at the same time. Oh, yeah. And that Timing. takes <laughs> a lot of a lot of practice and knowing sort of intuitively the different aspects so that, you know, yeah, working alongside them in the kitchen is really um, you're helping them get a, a, a skill that's going to be useful for them in life. You're helping them understand what it takes to prepare a meal so that they can have a better sense of gratitude for those who who do food prep for them and um and you know a greater connection to their food and an understanding of it i mean yeah it's just a wonderful wonderful experience and then when your kids are teenagers you know they can make meals uh for you on a regular basis and things you know (laughs) yeah it's it's a great it's a great experience and tons of fun in the classroom. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm actually I'm just thinking I'm not a teenager anymore obviously, but I'm cooking my mom dinner tonight for her birthday. Aww. So, yeah, I mean, but she, you know, I've been inspired by her as a cook my whole life and then I, you know, taught myself to cook, so I was too stubborn to learn from her, classic. And now it's sort of like paying it forward uh later in life and and that's that is the beauty of cooking and food and family. So, it's all good and delicious and fun, and we cannot, you know, we can't encourage it more. Yeah, <laughs> We're huge have fun proponents and of share, it. <laughs> you know, share any cooking um, successes you've had or things that you've enjoyed. Oh or yes, project. and yes, any recipes too. I'm always looking for new, fun recipes that are you know simple and and relatively healthy um, to to try out with children. So yes, please share. We would love to. We would love to see and hear. <laughs>